Hey Buddha Nation, welcome to the Ecom Show, where we invite e-commerce entrepreneurs, marketers, and agencies to talk about e-commerce, the best strategies and tactics, and what to implement in your own e-com store. Before we jump into this episode, I ask you to subscribe to this podcast. Make sure you share it with at least one friend. As you probably know, we don't run ads. Our growth is purely organic, so it would mean the world to me if you could support us. And now let's jump into the episode. Hey everyone, here is Daniel Budai with a new episode of our e-commerce podcast. And today I'm here with uh, Ralph and uh, he's with a company called uh, Terrapin and they organize large e-commerce events around the world. And uh, I think Ralph is uh, mostly familiar with the European event, but they have offices in uh, the US, South, uh, South Africa, and Australia, uh, Dubai as well. So we Singapore. can call it a Singapore. Yeah. We can call it a worldwide company and they organize different events. But now let's focus on Europe. And uh, yeah, hey, Ralph, good to have you here. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. Thank you. Um, uh, thank you. Very grateful for being invited along and um, looking forward to, to having a chat. Yeah, so can you quickly introduce to us this, uh, you know, these events and what they are really about? Yeah, for sure. Um, so the Seamless series globally is really serving two key communities, the financial services community and uh, the retail and e-commerce community. And we focus really on where the, the technical innovation is strongest um, so we look at areas of, of, of technology that's changing in the in-store retail experience as well as the e-commerce and mobile commerce experience and progressing digital commerce. Um, and then on the financial services side, we look at more kind of a, where fintech is, is innovating customer experience and also linking back to, to retail and e-commerce. Yeah, amazing. So I'm more familiar with retail and e-commerce and less familiar with fintech. So... Yeah, I mean, so look, well, look, look, the seamless, that's, a, I mean, that's a good, good area to kind of start and, and how those two things link, right? Because the seamless story, um, look, Terrapin's a, a global events company. We, we run hundreds of millions of dollars worth of events every year um, in, in five continents. And the seamless brand is focusing more on, on e-commerce and fintech and has been very, very strong in the Middle East and Africa and Asia. Um, and we realized that we needed to be running this in Europe. Um, and I mean, looking at those areas of e-commerce and fintech, right? So Seamless started out as a, as a payments event um, and really focusing on serving the payments community and all the innovation that was happening in community it, it, within, it, within payments. And yet, if you look at the payments industry now, so in 2008, the payments industry was pretty much sitting still mostly as a, as a banking function. And yeah. the banks owned, the, banking, the bank, banks as an institution were both credit and lending institutions and payments institutions. They were handling all of the, the, the payments transactions and stuff. Um, and PayPal originally really, you know, disrupted that. And, and that's really been going on for the last 25 years is, is you've seen this journey from uh, fintech, from technology taking 
traditional financial services and making them applicable more to the consumer in a in a in in the place that they actually purchase and, and consume things. So um, you're taking financial services is now relevant more to the consumer at the point of sale, um, and this this is going to continue to happen, um, and and fintech will become increasingly relevant to to retail and e-commerce because now the payments function is essentially something that affects e-commerce companies. It affects retailers. It's affecting, um, and and that payment experience is a huge part of what can differentiate a a good retailer from a poor retailer, right? Um, Being able to offer that, that amazing payments experience is then opening up. uh, It it changes the consumer experience is a very key important uh, component of CX. Um, but it's also a key component of how you build your platform and your tech stack. Um, and as companies look to, to innovate and transform and retailers look to offer a better service and also thinking about what new financial products they can offer, right? So if you look at embedded finance now, it's, it's not just about payments, but it's also about insurance. So how can a retailer offer insurance on the product they're selling at the point of sale? That's, 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 that changes the customer experience and, and may even increase the likelihood of converting that sale in the first place. So you will see, for me, you know, if you look at, at, at Europe and, and what's happened in the payments industry and the, and the impact that has had on e-commerce and retail, um, I think it's very, very exciting when you look forward to seeing how fintech will affect other areas of e-commerce and retail. But I don't want to make that they're all about fintech. I mean, it's still... That's just one one part of the show. We look at everything within e-commerce and retail. Um, and uh, <clears throat> I think if you're involved in, in technology or digital transformation or operations um, or marketing as, as a retailer, there is a lot for you at Seamless. And uh, I'd be very happy to sort of take you through an overview of the, of the topics we're covering. Yeah, let's jump into uh, into this in a minute. Uh, back to fintech. So, can you see? So, typically, they are banks who innovate, or or you can rather see more uh, niche companies. They focus really on one thing, and uh, they want to be the best there. What what can you see in the fintech industry now related to e-commerce and retail? <clears throat> yeah, well, I think it's more really about how fintech is is decoupling almost from the, the first financial services away from from banking um banks are still the best way to sort of verify I mean, traditionally the verification process and saying okay look i want to purchase something from a store a bank knows who i am they have all the data right so they know who i am how much is in my account um they can verify me and 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 communicate to the the merchant via a network rail and a processor that that that, that i'm i'm good to i'm i'm uh i'm the person i say i am i have the money i say i do and, I, and i'm i'm okay to to proceed with a, a transaction and a, a purchase but really thanks to regulation like psd one two and now three that's just just come out a couple of weeks ago and is turning the the that the payments directive into into regulation you've seen this this flourishing over the last 15 years of of third party providers so we're not really looking now to the banks 
for for innovation in fintech. We're we're looking at these third party providers who can offer retailers a better experience, um, offer e-com and offer con consumers a better experience, and offer new business models and new opportunities for retailers to take to take these financial services and, and make them available for for their customers. Um, offer more uh, customer-friendly payment solutions. Um, but what, yeah, as I said, I mean, what's happened within that pay within the payment sector will, will um, there's going to be opportunities that, that arise in, in other areas of fintech. Um, I think insurance is a great example. We've already seen it happen with uh, lending, right? Um, you know, started with payments, but, but lending with buy now, pay later. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And offering consumers the chance to pay in installments. Um, buy now, pay later has been slightly con controversial for on the consumer side but if you look at what it's done for businesses already it's 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 been hugely um the number one thing that's going to kill a, a small business or a medium-sized business is cash flow working capital yeah. and giving them that flexibility by uh improving the control they have and and when they borrow money and paying in installments is is one way of doing that um, really ha uh, has helped them help them a lot, and we hear that a lot from from you know there's there's fintechs like Billy in in um, in in Germany that are that, that that have made a big impact on a, on a lot of businesses, and you know if if uh, if a fintech can come and help keep e-commerce companies alive and keep them in business, then uh, that's got to be a good thing for everyone. Yeah, I think for me, the big uh, aha moment was when I heard about Klarna and I learned their evaluation. I think, I don't know what's their worth now, but uh, maybe yeah. one or two years ago, it was $40 billion, I think. Yeah, and, and dropped to six, I think, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now it's very common uh, because of the, you know, economy and different things. But still, I mean, that's still huge and... Uh, I didn't expect that. I, I expected that it, it, it's it's below. It's not even a unicorn company. And I I learned this that they are so big, and there are other solutions as well. So yeah, fintech is huge in e-commerce now, and all of these smart solutions to increase the cash flow of the business, help them grow. So mm. yeah, it's I think a big with, the, thing. with the the valuations, and we know what happened across the whole tech sector right um yeah, and, yeah. yeah e commerce and fintech were were hit in the same way i think really at the same time in terms of and, and yeah. were under the same pressures in terms of um a sense of that everyone had been jumping on the bandwagon a bit uh, in, yeah. in in, in yeah. And there was some some investors maybe not doing getting a bit lazy in terms of not one well, that's not, not a cool versus lazy but there was you know there were very there, as in any sector there were uh, uh, people who are who are very thorough and doing and doing the research and there's others that were maybe which were being slightly complacent with what they were looking at and mm -hmm. you you but but that has been followed by a period of consolidation and and i think a well, what I'm hearing, I'm not a practitioner, but what I'm hearing from, from e-commerce and fintech, because we have about uh, 250 startups at Seamless um, mm -hmm. all, all across fintech and e-commerce who are all exhibiting. Um, and, you know, they're saying it's been 
it's been tough, tough at times to sort of raise money and and uh, yeah. but it's also been really good because they've had to refine their strategy and be much more thorough about finding where their their niches in the market and um it's i think we're going to come out now we're starting to see some really positive like but lots of valuations have improved since since that since then mm -hmm. and and um it's not just about valuation it's about finding it are the are, are there are these companies offering really interesting products and are they providing a service which is which is needed and, and lacking in the market and um uh yeah innovation is just it is still going through the roof and, and, and everything is changing so quickly. And yeah, let last year we were all talking about web three and this year we're all talking about AI and, and it's, it, it's the, the, the rate of change is, is exponential. And it's just, um, I, I'm not, not, not getting too worried about the, the valuation fluctuations fluctuations and bandwagons and things that, that happen yeah, along yeah. the way. It's more about what, what's actually changing, you know? Yeah, 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 I really agree with this too. And, uh, you know, the market clears, it clears itself. So, yeah, yeah, evaluation drops and then increases again. It's a natural cycle. Uh, but I think these times, uh, as you said, I, I think, for example, Airbnb and Uber, they were born in 2008, around that time. Uh, maybe Uber before, but during different uh, crises and, uh, yeah, I think it can help the economy in the long run, actually. Mm -hmm. um, so about the conference, who is a typical visitor there and who are the speakers and who should join and who, who shouldn't join this conference? And where is the next conference, by the way, because we didn't mention it. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so we have... Um... We have seamless events in. We just we just ran seamless Middle East in Dubai, which was a, a huge success. We had about twenty five thousand people there, um, and we've got. Uh, we also run seamless Asia. We just ran in in June um, in Singapore. We have uh, seamless Africa, seamless Saudi Arabia, and we have this seamless Europe show, which is the which is my baby if you like um but so i'm overseeing overseeing the seems project and and the uh we serve as i said financial services in the e-commerce community um who are the main speakers so that's interesting so we we kind of actually i'll ask who should attend first i mean anyone anyone working in in um financial services or, or retail and e-commerce is going to find this very interesting very helpful we particularly encourage anyone with a uh, technology or, or digital um, uh, or operations or marketing or product owners um, as, a, as a job title. Um, heads of digital transformation, you know, that kind of, because uh, um, we try to, we, we have a lot of uh, e-commerce tech specialists and fintech specialists sit in the middle, but we, we, we try to sit in the sweet spot between helping incumbents, um, so traditional retailers, um, bricks and mortar retailers, uh, e-commerce companies that may be around for a while, um, uh, as well as the, as the new and really exciting shiny innovators, right? Um, and we know that pushing forward, when you're running, an event, when you're running events, 
you know, I'm not an expert in all of these, these topics and things that my, my job is to put the right people in the room together. Um, and for us, that means the companies that have been doing it a long time and the companies that are, that are very new. Um, and for the companies that have been around for a long time, we want to, we want to be hearing from the most senior people with the most influence because we know at the end, in the end, they're the ones that are going to push forward the change with it internally. Um, so we want the chief digital officers. We want the, chief, the, the heads of technology, the heads of digital, mm -hmm. the heads of, of operations, head of products, yeah, executive and people. Heads, of, heads of e commerce. Yeah. We yeah. need on that, on the one hand, we need those people. And we have those people from the biggest uh, grocers, um, fashion, homeware, hardware, um, marketplaces, consumer electronics, all the B2C. We also have a lot of um, B2B. And, and okay. really, I think that's probably, you know, if you look at uh, the big e-commerce platforms and, and companies that are having a big influence, you know, Shopify and big commerce and commerce tools, Spryker, these guys, are, they're all they're all focusing a lot more on, on B2B these days. And because since the pandemic, there's, there's a, a lot more manufacturers and wholesalers and distributors that are, that are using e-commerce platforms to sell. Um, Actually, I haven't noticed that. That's interesting. So Shopify and BigCommerce, they both focus more on B2B e-commerce. Not more, more on B2B, but more than they were. More than before. You know, before, so, yeah. you know, yeah. I, I, I know everyone has a, has a, has a B2B um, service built in in their offering, pretty much all the Mac Alliance. Yeah, things, yeah. You know? um, and, I think uh, it's really underrated, growing. actually, B2B e-commerce. Uh, when I talk to e-commerce owners, managers, it's... It's not in their mind, really, uh, if, if they don't do it, you know, if they are D2C, they never think about going B2B, it's rare. But I think it used to will just be, if you're a wholesaler or a manufacturer, you just have, a, you sell on the phone and you've got yeah. your relationships that you've built up over 30, 40 years, but suddenly pandemic hits and, oh, I can't go and see them anymore. I know I can't go and meet them and mm -hmm. talk yeah. to them and... and yeah, and, and marketplaces, I think, because marketplaces have become so innovative and successful at, at connecting products with consumers Yeah, that it's kind of freed up, loosened up the, the, the market, and, and, and I think B2B have had to respond, B2B companies have had to respond. So um, but I think that's, that's really exciting, having that's, – that's I found that interesting, the idea of having – especially running a, an event in, in Germany and respecting sort of middle stand, um, medium-sized companies and stuff coming, coming along and to have an idea of lots of sort of manufacturers and distributors and wholesalers that are new to e-commerce. Um, some have been doing it longer than others and giving them access to that information on how to do digital marketing properly and digital and, and, and built and invest in the right tech stack and connect mm. with the right people. is really exciting. Um, so I'm covering a lot here. Take your questions on. <laughs> Take your questions in turn. Hey, Budai Nation. Welcome to the Ecom Show. I ask you to subscribe to this podcast. And if you like it, make sure you share it with at least one friend. As you probably know, we don't run ads. Our growth is purely organic. So it would mean the world to me if you could support us. I hope we can serve our audience in the best way. And now let's jump into the episode. So it sounds like it's really an event where there are uh, 
there are mid-sized businesses, probably enterprise too, but also mm -hmm. people who just, you know, owners or, or founders who just started out recently or, or it's less for those people. Yeah. So, so, so yeah, to go back to that point, so who is speaking and how do we pick the speakers and, and who will actually attend? So on the one hand, yes, we've got those kind of chief product officers and heads of e-commerce and heads of technology, heads yeah. of digital from, from the enterprise level and, and the bigger companies, um, bigger retailers. But then we've also got all of these sort of uh, startups, some are offering services and some are, some are, uh, are just uh, have launched their own new marketplace in fashion or grocery or uh, um, uh, homeware, hardware, consumer electronics. <clears throat> So they, we've got a real, a real mix. Um, yeah. And it's for us, it's about connecting those because we've got 250 startups exhibiting in addition to all the, the larger, some of the names we've already said. Um, so having both of connecting those, these communities together uh, is, is a key part of the show. And there's lots of, you know, you can access the event via an app and, and, um, uh, to, to network and set up meetings. There's lots of kind of one-to-one -one meetings happening between these companies of different sizes. And that will reflect in the audience, right? Because if you look at the mix of speakers, that tends to always reflect then in, in the audience and the types of visitors. Um, on the exhibition floor, we've got practical demos and, and workshops for, for how you can execute better digital marketing and social media marketing, social commerce, m-commerce, um, there'll be there's an e-commerce university workshop uh, a university mm -hmm. theater on the on the on the exhibition floor um, so that's going to be really helpful for for heads of e-commerce e of, of com for companies of all sizes it's a very sort of like practical and some really interesting products doing uh, companies doing demonstrations as well um, you know exhibiting on the floor we've got uh, likes of a, a spriker um, who have been excellent in this stuff and they're doing some um a miracle as well and adian and nuvi um we've got uh also from uh we, we've got some content that's designed to help more of the operations side i think especially as more and more retailers are trying to deliver what we used to call omni-channel and now maybe unified commerce um, practically speaking, that's complicated, and so uh, especially when when you know consumers who wanted to maybe browse online and then collect in the store, or um, browse in store and then have uh, delivered uh, delivered uh, delivered to their home, um, it, it made supply chain and warehousing and and stock management and delivery and queue commerce uh, all very very complicated. Um, when we came out of the pandemic and people wanted to have this omni-channel experience and unified commerce experience, how do you manage all of this, this, the stock and the delivery systems and, and warehousing to, to keep that coordinated and also then to plug that into the relevant data to ensure that the customer experience is, is unified? Um, so that's why we ran, we have a, a conference that's just dedicated to home delivery um, which covers okay. warehousing and, and supply chain, Q-commerce, um, to try and to help those more people who are more on the kind of operations side of, of retail and e-commerce and to manage manage that experience. Yeah, I think that's amazing. And uh, 
I cannot, uh, I don't know many events that, you know, that uh, are about operations and, and not about marketing or, or fintech, uh, mm. especially marketing. There are so many conferences about that. Yeah. yeah. So, so, yeah. Right, yeah. So we, we've tried to provide content to, to, for everyone for, to, to, to make sure that those kind of unified commerce or retailers and in-store retailers and online retailers have, have that, um, have everything they need. Um, yeah, so the, the e-commerce conference is, is really focusing more on the kind of the, the, the tech stack and um, platform, how to use digital marketplaces properly, um, how to uh, look at data analytics, data analytics, um, also how the role of AI and ML um, in, in delivering intelligent e-commerce. The retail tech conference is more for your in-store tech innovations. That's we look at sort of like pricing technologies, or we look at um, experiential retail and VR and AR and how that's going to affect it. Um, and then also how to deliver that omni-channel unified commerce experience. We do have a digital marketing conference as well, uh, a theatre actually on the exhibition floor. So that's more around kind of personalization and loyalty and uh, affiliate marketing. Home delivery, which we just talked about, which is going to cover logistics and supply chain and warehousing and um, Q-commerce. And then uh, also like warehousing automation. We've got like auto store, bring all that, <coughs> showing that on the exhibition floor. And then we also finally do have a, um, a space for merchant payments. Um, mm -hmm. And that's where the fintech element comes in, right? Because yeah, yeah. we have a lot about sort of, B2B payments and cross-border payments. So we really want to help eco the events in Germany. Um, and But it's a pan-European show. So we're going to have a lot of retailers that are coming from Nordics and UK and Southern Europe and Eastern Europe, France, Benelux, into Germany. Um, but we also want to help those, those German-based retailers that are looking to sell out of Germany as well. Um, so the, I mean, the German market, Germany, Austria, Switzerland, is a hundred million people. The DAC, DAC. Yeah, yeah. So it's obviously the biggest market in itself, but but um, it's it's uh, but we're hoping to hit, hit get the best of both because there's a pan-European show, bring a lot of people into Germany, but there's also a really rich um, community, a really uh, successful e-commerce community that's that's weathered the last. 12, two, 12 months, two years, really well, actually. Jenny, you know, the e-commerce has performed relatively well through this downturn, if we're, if we're calling it that, yep. last year. Um, uh, so, yeah, being able to serve that. When, and, um, yeah, just on, and then the fintech stuff is more uh, kind of like how open banking, open finance, and embedded finance and short tech can, mm -hmm. can, can, can help retail in the same way as the payments house. Yeah, yeah. So my last question to you today, and uh, I'm asking this because you talk to so many companies and exhibitors and all of that. So if you should, yeah. So uh, what would be those two trends, let's say, in e-commerce that you find very important nowadays? And, and, and uh, how, yeah, how, how can you see e-commerce in the next few months or even one, two years? What, what trends can you see and, and do you expect? Hmm, good question. Um, yeah, I think. Look, I think the. I think for I think for a lot of 
e-commerce companies and retailers, it's been an extremely difficult period. I think there's like, you know, there's yeah. obviously purchasing powers on down, but also just the, just the cost of, of producing anything and, and purchasing anything. Right. So, so, um, uh, so the, the cost of, uh, as a result of inflation, um, you know, if you, whether that's paying staff in a, in a, in a, in a, in a fashion store or, whether it's uh, securing raw materials or, or food prices, if you're a grocer, and you're, you're, the, 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 everything from every, all the products that people are purchasing and selling has, has, have become a lot more expensive and paying wages more expensive. And I think that inevitably costs have gone up, demand's gone down for, mo- for a lot of products as well. But the same, un- essentially, the, the, the underlying. Um, needs and processes are the same and and of what 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 com- companies need to do to grow their business um so actually the the it's been tough but also nothing's changed in terms of like how do i invest in the right tech stack that's going to unify my customer experience so really the challenges for the companies are still the same. Like, how do you grow market share? How do you navigate internal changes and uncertainty? How do you how do you access data? And, and I think um, for synchronizing, how do I say this? The big the big the big goal, the objective, still has to be how do we invest in the correct tech stack, um, access the correct data to feed into that. Um, so that you can provide a seamless customer experience across any channel, a unified commerce experience for that customer. Um, so that's the, the first thing, probably waffly way of saying that, but you, you, I hope you got my, got my point. <laughs> the second thing really is this this role of, of fintech and embedded finance. I think um, those two worlds, financial services and and, and retail and e-commerce are, are going to continue to to merge around some really key, exciting opportunities. Um, payments now is far more about retail and e-commerce than it is about you know, traditional financial services or, or, or banking, you know, yeah, it's, yeah. It's the, the, the whole yeah. industry and the impact it's had on the retail sector is phenomenal. Um, and I think the same thing is coming um, in, in other areas. Like look at Apple, look at Apple, right? Started with Apple Pay and that completely opened the doors to the types of products it could sell and, and a kind of marketplace it could create on your iPhone. Um, and now they've launched a savings product. Um, open banking and embedded finance. I mean, open banking has allowed non-financial institutions like retailers to offer financial services. Apple is offering a savings account in America. Apple is not a bank. Apple is the number one retailer in the world, right? I think. Um, and it's... Uh, it's probably the most loved retailer and it is offering a financial product, um, a savings account. And it, it is not a li- it's not licensed as a bank. It's all being done. It's, it is, it, it's not the bank, right? I think it's all being done through, um, uh, JP Morgan. Um, and I don't know, but yeah, very interesting for sure. They have a huge user base that they can use 
roll out new products and uh yeah, yeah people they are engaged with the brand so they trust it so yeah it's interesting so how retailers offer and how e-commerce companies either embed fintech within within their within their offering like i gave the example earlier of, of a company that's offering insurance at the point of sale on the on the products that you're purchasing um that's going to be interesting, but also also re- how retailers just offer other other financial products, right? Because finance yeah. is traditionally the thing that no one it's dealing with your bank used to be so cumbersome that no one really had an idea of what was going on on with their yeah. finances unless you put in a lot of time and effort and and uh, but also your ability the customer experience to to be interested in in or excited about buying different financial products was just never going to happen people are like this is so hard i'm just going to go to my bank and i'm going to buy i'm going to get my my loans and my mortgage my um savings whatever i'm just going to get it all from the one provider because this is just too complicated to try and move around negotiate and change provider every every few months or years so but now we're getting to a point where this stuff is going to be able to be offered on 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 an app while you're buying your groceries um and the fact is that you the the increasingly retailers are going to be able to offer more financial products um alongside their own products and uh and i think that's that's going to be one of the most exciting things trends over the next 10 years yeah 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 that's a topic that is not Come, it's it's not often discussed in this podcast, so I'm really happy that you share this today with us because mm. yeah, you are probably the first in the last 100 episodes talking about fintech and e-commerce. So yeah, that's something to look into. And this Apple thing is also very interesting. So um, yeah, yeah, definitely um, we should pay more attention into this uh, into this area even if it's a marketing podcast. Mm. So, yeah. I think uh, in the, the other area probably we, we've also we touched on earlier is just mm-hmm. how the B2B, how marketplaces and yeah, yeah, yeah. manufacturers and retailers and wholesalers are going to really yeah. invest and embrace um, e-commerce as a preferred channel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and how they use marketplaces as well to, to sell. I think that's, that's going to be absolutely critical over the next couple of years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, thank you, Ralph, for uh, sharing this today. And thanks a lot who watched the live stream or, or who will listen to the podcast. And stay tuned. Every week we come out with two new episodes. We will put the link of uh, Seamless, of the website, uh, into the description. So, actually, you can get your tickets through the website. And yeah. also, uh, where is the next event? In uh, Berlin? Right. Yeah, so that's coming up on the uh, in October on the eighteenth, eighteenth and nineteenth of October. So uh, I, yeah. actually, I checked the event in. I think it's in September in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia. Yep. So we got we got Saudi and Africa before that. So in yeah, September, I'm thinking about got... that one because uh, yeah, yeah we, I never we, been... we launched yeah. that last year. Uh, it's the first year we ran it last year, and we had uh, we had about twenty thousand attendees. And um, wow. um, it's yeah, we, we it's been it, it's uh, it's just growing so fast, so so fast there. Um, yeah. 
and um yeah i think uh, it's a it's an exciting place that middle east is is just an exciting place to operate anyway i think yeah, yeah. Got, it's such a interesting connection between the west and east and um and also it's a it's a very young vibrant population and economy so yeah they are very open very high um mobile phone uh, uh, did, uh, Adaptation. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Um, as a place to to sort of promote e-commerce and m-commerce yeah. and things, it's 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 very exciting, and people are open to buying things and and in, in a new way. Mm. Yeah. So that's why actually I'm thinking about checking out that event, not the European one. Uh, I will be in Saudi Arabia in September for uh, maybe a week, something like that. So. Yeah, thanks again, Ralph. And uh, I will put one more link into the description. So we collected our top 100 e-commerce email templates into one guide. And uh, you can get access through this link. It's free to download. So check this out as well. And thanks again, everyone. And uh, have a great day. Thanks, Daniel. Thanks, Daniel.